welcome to episode 355 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Hello, Jason. How are you doing? How's it going? Um, uh, well, I'm feeling a little bit off today. Um, I've had a bit of a stomach bug for the past couple of days, uh, mm. so yeah, so I will, we'll try and battle through it, but uh, you know, it might keep it short. All right, no, no worries. Well, if you got if you got to run <laughs> mid sentence, that we can we can always edit that out. <laughs> okay, nice. Well, <laughs> so so let's start with you. Tell me, um, tell me how because uh, there's a lot. I know there's a lot of Math Academy stuff to catch up on. Well, before we get to my stuff, I want to hear about Taskflow. That's oh, kind of order. Really? We use, we usually go we usually cover Taskflow first. Let's hear. The, okay. I want to hear the latest on Taskflow. Uh, well, I, I thought that's where you were going to give me the grace because I wasn't feeling particularly great. Yeah, the, you can keep it short. I mean, you had the, <laughs> uh, there was a couple updates on like a uh, sort of like a, something like event handling thing. You had some library. And okay. Let me have a look. Let me have key a Keystroke stuff that didn't work. And then you had to do it yourself. And Okay. 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 I'm, I'm going into, uh, the, my task flow channel and just sort of see. Yeah. Um, you know what I've been doing, um, since the last time we spoke, I I got the um I was working on that thing which was the change set thing that was mm-hmm. just fantastic. Then I plugged that into the undo redo um function and it just works like clockwork. So now you can do a whole bunch of stuff, weird stuff, backwards forwards and you can sort of hold down the command Z and it'll just go da 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 and it doesn't matter how long it is, it'll go it'll roll through the whole thing. So that's right. working really nicely. Then another piece was um very complicated in the previous version because i was using text areas there was no way to select multiple nodes you couldn't drag and select multiple nodes. that was the whole reason why i switched to content impossible um and impossible <laughs> and content I think we got impossible. a name for the show well content content impossible has turned out to be quite um tameable actually so it was it was really just one one show's gripes worth but um no, it's it's actually working quite well now. Once you've got once once I cover the edge cases, now it's working quite nicely. Mm-hmm. So And so um, what you're referring to though is the content editable just Yeah, content editable. Just okay. just in case you listeners at home didn't know. But um but what that does enable me to do is to do drag select multiple nodes. Mm-hmm. Now that adds a whole bunch of complexity, like if you're tabbing in nodes, you know, if you do tab and you've got multiple nodes selected, well it's complicated to tab in multiple nodes. And if you're moving nodes up and down when you've got them selected, it's complicated. But I've actually kind of worked through all the stuff, and it's great. It it's it it's very very nice. Um, so I'm at the you know I'm at the stage where I'm almost ready to push it um, to push it to where it is. Uh, it, this is a, an interesting question I got for you: is should I should I push what I've should I get it to where it is now uh, live and push that so that people can play with it? Or should I just sort of keep going and try and get it uh, to be, be a bit more useful and have like a left-hand nav so that you can have multiple pages, um, you know, uh, a menu system so that you can change settings and stuff? No, I, I think you should um, I think you should push it. Um, okay. I think it's always dangerous, I think, to be working on something for a long time without pushing it for people to use it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's funny, I just gave a... A speech to Colby about that, <laughs> and I was like, you know, look, you have think of it as like, it's like you have two um, two stacks next to each other, right? Like, like almost like a bar chart, right? And the one on your left is your enthusiasm, 
and the one on the right is your frustration. <laughs> and when you come into a new project, your enthusiasm is really high, right? And your frustration is almost at zero. Right. And as you begin to work, that enthusiasm starts to go down because the novelty starts to wear off a little bit, right? You're scratching the itch, right? You're, you're satisfying mm. the madness a little bit, right? Mm, yeah. So that starts to go down. And the technical, the frustration tends to go up. And the frustration can, can rise because of just technical difficulties, things you don't understand, things you're about you're not sure what direction you should go in, whatever it is, right? Technical debt, all that stuff starts to accumulate and, get, and it grows and grows and grows, right? Yeah. Um, and the thing that can ri raise your enthusiasm higher is feedback from other people. Mm, so when totally. people use what you're what you've built and have some kind of positive reaction to it, then all of a sudden you're much more excited, right? It's fun. I mean, not, there's, there's not a lot of things that are thrilling as seeing people use something that you've created or built and, and, and get joy from it, right? So, yeah. you know... Well, even critical feedback's good. I mean, still, that, that motivates you to do stuff as well. Well, it does. I mean, you know, sure, but you, usually that is, I mean, if all you do is get, like, critical, negative feedback where, like, this is stupid, you should, you know, quit working on this and, you know, go jump off a cliff while you're at it kind of thing. Like, that's not helpful, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but if it's like, yeah, this is cool, you know, but, you know, you might want to consider doing X and Y, or I found that, the you know, there's an issue with this other thing. Like, that's fine as long as it's sort of wrapped in a general um, sort of tone of, of positivity. Anyway, but, like, but I think, you know, what we're seeing, like, for instance, on Discord is that, you know, everyone there is supportive of what you're doing, right? Yeah. I mean, they're all like, yeah, cool, you know, oh, yeah, this is really neat, uh, looking forward to the next update, that kind of thing, right? Um, so, you know, getting, getting, shipping a new feature is it upticks your enthusiasm, right? Just shipping anything, getting positive feedback, getting more users, having people pay for it. Every single thing that you do in that direction just ups and ups and ups your enthusiasm. But the bigger the project becomes, the more the technical frustrations start to grow, right? Limitations on the tech stack, just confusion and frustration with your own code base, <laughs> boredom with some of the stuff you're working on, you know, the novelty is worn off, but yet there's so much to do with some aspect of it that you don't want to do. So in order to keep the left side higher than the right side, so the enthusiasm higher than the frustration, you need to continually do things that kind of spike it. And I think shipping new features or new functionality, even if it's small, is what you want to do for that for that reason alone. Well, I think you're you're exactly right. I mean, I, I was even going to talk to you about this aspect of it because what I've been doing it's really what I already did. So it's it's truly monkey work when you're redoing what you already did, yeah. but in a, in a slightly different way. So yeah, it's definitely lost some of the um, the allure because it's like it's not. I'm not making new wins. I'm just making uh, you know the same wins again with a different tech. Um, but actually, I've just got. I mean, it's been really difficult, you know, to to redo this whole thing using the new system. Um, and I I'm only one feature away from being feature complete of the existing system and it, it will actually have some extra features like undo and multi-select so i reckon i i reckon i should be able to do get that out pretty soon within the next week 
within i mean probably before the next week but i'm just saying a week uh you know to give myself uh, yeah well i i would ship some i would yeah. ship as much as you can as soon as you can for the reasons that i stated above yeah no and that's cool I, that's cool. every time that i've shipped something small feature i just it, it i feel better well I, this I isn't this this isn't going to be a small feature this is going to be like a huge big deal but it's going to look like a small feature <laughs> fine but yeah. and you'll know that you'll yeah. know that but at least you'll know that you got it out there and you got it done right and i oh i should mention that i got it um it's working with local um the local database so that because i'm i'm still committed to building this as like a local first app and okay. just using the back-end server as like a, a sort of backup type of thing okay because local first is is just I just think it's a really good experience, you know, that under all circumstances, you can 100% use the app. Okay. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, or at least, at least some, some tier of it, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. like we already discussed, you know. Well, and it's just be able yeah. to work offline is always useful, yeah. right? Work offline, exactly. That's um, well, yeah. yeah. So, and it's so fast. It's, it's just so unbelievably fast, like, mm -hmm. Because, you know, you go, normally you go to a website and you, you at least wait a second, <laughs> you know, for stuff to happen. But That's this right. is, the page is loaded in, in, you know, within 200 milliseconds type of thing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to, I'm glad you're still making forward progress. Oh, yeah. I, mean, uh, I have been, I have been, yeah. yeah. Been well, I mean, on. I know you, you got distracted by the music thing for a while. Then I know you had, yes. for, for out of, for friends from out of town in for two, three weeks and all that kind of yeah, stuff. That's right. Friends from out of town for two weeks. That can really contribute to a loss of momentum, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, I was, I've just been hacking away at one of these things every day. Like, you know, the, the, oh, wait, uh, let's see. Convert hotkeys. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I do have a list of everything that I've done. Here. Um, there's a, there's a lot, like I've done about 20 things, you know, well, let's, hear them. let's list them off just for fun. Okay. Well, one of the things was, um, well, let's go through the entire list. Just list them. Just, just, uh, uh, them. well, convert. So I was using, um, uh, hotkeys mm -hmm. and I was using mousetrap okay first of all i was using mousetrap but then i noticed so mousetrap basically is a library that captures the um the keyboard events mm -hmm. uh so that you know when you do like uh, command up arrow it's that i was using that to trap it and do this stuff mm -hmm. and but then i noticed in in chrome console is this like okay this is using a feature that's going to be deprecated it works now but it's going to be deprecated in a chrome 103 or something like that right then I was using, okay, that library hasn't been updated for 10 years, and it's obviously not going to be updated. So then I switched to hotkeys, and it said the same thing, hotkeys.js. It said, it said the same thing, but at least they'd updated it like a year ago. So my, feel, my feeling was, well, they'll probably update this before it breaks. So anyway, but then it couldn't do something. <laughs> it like just couldn't do something. I don't know why, but it just didn't do um, option command uh option command arrow it wouldn't it wouldn't allow it right so um so fair enough so then i just basically wrote <laughs> it, my own is that that's that's happens so often right <laughs> it's like you get a library that's like oh sweet this is gonna take care of all my problems <laughs> and then it does like 90 percent of what you want or 95 and then it just it's impossible to last five percent i mean how often does that happen I mean, it's incredible. a lot. <laughs> it happens a lot. It's really outrageous. Well, I mean, I guess it, okay, I guess I shouldn't say that. I mean, there's lots of NPM modules I use in Node that just do whatever they're supposed to do. Yeah. But there are also plenty that that have this kind of situation happen. Well, so. I, it's probably because, I mean, I, 
No, I mean, I, I guess one one thought I was just had was maybe it's because we're using libraries that aren't completely commonplace, you know, mm -hmm. so they're, they're sort of like on the fringes of what people need. Right. And that might be why. Right. But um, anyway, the thing is, you know, I just got it to work with one event listener. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like I just switched out the library, got one document key down event listener. Okay, job done. It's like, <laughs> it's like, well, so the two, thing is, like, sometimes you use the whole library and it's like, really replace the whole library with like 10 lines of code. You know? 290 like, lines. I mean, and well, I'm, I mean, I've got one line just key down, but the other 290 are all my application code. Right. So it's just like, I already had that 290 lines in with the other thing. So yeah, so I don't have a, I don't have to use that library anymore. And you know, so that was that. Okay. So then obviously moving nodes up and down, um, making the tasks so that when you check them they have the line through um i when i when i first wrote it i was passing in um individual parameters to functions and then i realized you know what i need to pass a bunch of stuff to functions in different ways so mm -hmm. then i started using an options concept so that i could pass it something that's been very powerful is the select um, i'll just say that um just the general javascript select functionality mm -hmm um it's it's annoying as hell but it's also very powerful because the way that i used to think about select was okay you know if i'm if a, if a range is selected it's just on a single text area from mm -hmm. character zero through to character 17 or whatever but this the the latest um select api it deals with nodes you know it's sort of like it it distinguishes between selecting a node or selecting the thing so you can sort of say okay we're selecting this node and we're selecting this amount of characters within it. Right. So that's very good. So because something that I had to write was, okay, here's one for you. <laughs> On Chrome, if you select all, if, if, you, if you have, in the specific instance that I had it, which was you have one content editable and you have a whole bunch of uh, items in that content editable that are also content, edit content editables. And then you denote that the checkboxes are not content editables because you don't want them to be copied and you don't want them to be deleted when someone hits back. Well, if you select all in that scenario, can you guess what it does? I'll tell you what it does. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I can't say <laughs> What it suspense. does is it, it selects <laughs> all the text of the whole document, but it leaves the cursor blinking at the end of the document. Okay. So so it's in both states. Mm. It's it's in an impossible state. So basically, if you if you then go and look at the select function, it just says, "Oh, you don't have anything selected," <laughs> and and the blinker is in the in the very last uh, position of the whole document. Right. <laughs> so I basically had to, uh, and I I couldn't. There was no amount of tweaking I could to to fix that. So I had to write under that under that one scenario when if you do uh, command A. I had to trap that and then manually select each node mm -hmm. with a select all function. <laughs> but you were able to get it all working? Yeah, it was working great. Yeah. Nice. That's that's another cool thing is like when you you know you can do select all and you can press delete and it just nukes the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then you can type and then you can just do a couple of commands, you know, command Z, command Z, and then it's all back. Nice. So it's like, you know, it doesn't matter how complicated the structure of what it was was, mm -hmm. it's all gonna be there. Um, I mean, you know, outdenting the nodes, indenting the nodes, um, hitting return on a single node, which then uh, does one return, but then it pushes it back 
mm-hmm. back and then back. Uh, just just the, the the basic functionality of this thing. That's right. what I've been doing. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you so. should definitely you should definitely push this up and start getting some feedback on it. <laughs> okay, I, I, I just got to style it. All I got to do is style it the same way as the existing one is, mm-hmm. and um, then make the smart checkbox on checkbox work which is like as you check items down the tree it knows that they're checked and it checks it up the tree just got to do those two things right 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 right. that's it cool well pushing it live will be super easy because it's just a vapor deploy vapor deploy yeah so what is what is vapor it's it's something for uh, vapor is the laravel the the laravel serverless tech so basically it pushes it so that vapor runs on um Amazon lambdas. Okay, so you're running it all through lambdas. Yeah. How are you finding that? I, oh, it's great because it, it well, it's it's certainly great for a, a new app because mm-hmm. it um, well, a couple of things. First of all, I was very careful to um, make sure that the um, the concurrency, the lambda concurrency, is very low, mm-hmm. which can deal with a lot of traffic, but it's still very low mm-hmm. because with lambda, if you get DDoSed. This was a discussion on the Discord the other day. You can end up owing ten thousand bucks, you know, the right. next day because you get a DDoS attack. So it's it's very low. So there's you know there's going to be no issues with that. Um, and second of all, what was it? What was your question again? Well, just how are you liking Lambdas using? Lambdas? Oh yeah, I, I'm like I'm I'm liking it because you don't have to think about servers. Basically, you don't have to worry about servers upgrading anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also super cheap because, you know. <coughs> it's not even ten bucks a month. So I thought it's just the, just those my tests. impression of Lambda is, is it's more expensive per cycle than than an EC2 is. It's much less a, your own your own server. But the reality is that in especially for smaller apps, you're you're not going to be using most of that server. You know the cycles most of the time. So you're only exactly paying. that. Yeah, so it's you sort just, of a you nailed it on the head, yeah. So it's, I, I'd say it's significantly more expensive. Um, on a per-cycle basis, but a, a I, total, the total <laughs> cost of ownership, right, is lower for you. Well, we were looking, I, I was looking, so in this, I'm a member of uh, Laravel's serverless uh, Slack channel, mm-hmm. and one guy posted his website um, that gets about a million uh, page views a month, I think. Mm-hmm. It's cost, costing him, uh, or a million users a month, plus, plus Google traffic, you know, Google and all the different bots. It's costing about forty bucks a day, so that's twelve hundred a month. Wow. <laughs> so that's pretty expensive. But you <laughs> know, if you're getting that kind of traffic, I mean, geez. I mean, if you're getting that kind of traffic, that's when you should be using EC2, in my opinion. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, clear, he's he's was happy with it. He said he's happy to pay it. They make they make the money, and he doesn't have to do any uh, server maintenance. But he is paying the same price as employing someone <laughs> to do mm-hmm. server maintenance. Right, right. Oh well, not quite that much. Or but. well, part time, some part time. But. I, I'll tell you what it will be really good for. Um, and this is what I think is um, a blog. Basically, if you if you want to do a bunch of different things, like put up a blog for texting, put up a blog for justinvincent.com, uh, keep Nugget running, all that stuff, it's really, really good to just manage like multiple sites like that because it's just so it's so simple. You don't need servers. Right. And each one of those sites has very low traffic, would be very low cost. Mm-hmm. So that that is the scenario where it's very good. Interesting. Hmm. So you could almost you could almost create a, a business around something like that, where you're hosting tons of websites or blogs mm-hmm. inexpensively. You know, you're charging oh for sure, yeah, five bucks a month or ten bucks a month. This costs you know, like you know ten cents a month because most of those things don't get any traffic. Yeah, 
Um, that's cool. That's cool, right? So, um, okay. Any more? Any any more? Any more things you want to? Nothing talk about, about? Um, nothing about task flow. But there was there was something that I wanted to talk to you about. It was um, something about you. You um, me? Wow. Y- not you, but you know what you're doing. Mm. Um, but sort of brought to you on by uh, by education. Mm-hmm. So so. Um, so I've noticed a couple of education companies mm-hmm. that have been founded by um, very successful people, mm-hmm. people who've made like hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars. Mm. And okay. they've sort of thought to themselves, and, and just in a completely separate uh, category, they didn't do it in education, they did it in another way. Mm-hmm. And so they thought to themselves, you know what, I want to do something for the kids. Mm-hmm. I want to help the kids, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build something in education to really help right. education. And so they go ahead and they build a site, but they continue um, with their conventional methods of, of selling what they've made. Mm-hmm. So they'll work with, you know, they'll get like a direct sales team and they'll do pipeline stuff and work that way. And so, and in, in these cases, in the cases that I'm thinking about, and it's like I'm saying, it's, it's three different cases. Uh, you know, they've, they've gone over 5 million, between 5 and 10 million of this strategy and never really got very far. You know, it's mm-hmm. just never really got very far but the ones that did get really far in education uh and i should mention that they didn't give it away for free you know so they went inside sales don't give it away for free Mm -hmm. um do that but the ones that did get far took the took an opposite approach where they said okay and i'm thinking schoology here they said all right let's make something really great and we'll think of uh parents and students and teachers as our channel and we'll give it to them and then we'll just make it so good that it like saturates the, the all the teachers and they use it in their classrooms. And then by the time we even approach a district with our inside sales team, all the teachers are going to be using it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so right. we'll say, look, we, you know, we're, we're just like everyone's using it in the district. We're just going to sell you uh, like a, uh, you know, like a guarantee and analytics. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I... A, I don't understand why they why they make that mistake, and B, um, the other piece about it is the reason why they get so much uh, get into all of those uh, teachers' hands as the free product is because they spend instead of spending that ten million on inside uh, on direct sales, they spend that ten million on building an SEO and content machine, mm-hmm. and that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I just want, I just, because you, you already have this big, huge content machine that's math content. Mm -hmm. So what I'm thinking is if you could somehow do the, do that same classic content machine of answering questions that are super related to, uh, the niche that you're, that you're doing, you could create, you know, like a thousand article, but not just spam. I mean, really, really good answers to, to core questions that, uh, that um, teachers and that parents um, and maybe even students would be looking for. It could just be this big, this big uh, web that could just pull people into Math Academy. Okay, well, so I, as, a f- as a few things that you mentioned that are worth talking about. I mean, of course, our strategy has begun. I mean, I've probably talked about this for the last few years is to, um, you know, we go to parents first, right? And then mm. the parents start to use it, and then they start talking to teachers about 
allowing it to be used in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is, I mean, you've heard me, ta- you remember me, you know, you remember me talking about this, right? Yeah. I, I, I should have prefaced that, uh, the, 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 the thing that I was talking about with, uh, with, uh, the rich people building education companies, they're all selling to districts. So they're, they're not comparable to math Academy. Math Academy is got <laughs> the difference between math Academy and those types of products is math Academy answers a burning need. Whereas usually the kind of products that, uh, these entrepreneurs build, is something that's kind of kind of like a nice to have, you know. It, it, it's, it's hoping to change education. Medication, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. See, the 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 thing is that when you're selling to districts, it's almost like selling to corporations. It's sort of like groupware, right? So you're you're selling to people who are not in not you your real end users, and all you're trying to do is check a bunch of boxes, right? So administrative mm-hmm. people who buy this, okay, does it do this? Does it do this? Does it do this? Great, we'll buy it, right? So you end up building building kind of crappy software that way. That's why that's you know that that was sort of the way that enterprise so- software was sold for the longest time, right? It wasn't like Slack or something which came from the bottom up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if if you, I think if you want to create something that's really great, you need to be selling to the end users, the people who are actually using it and iterating based on their feedback. So for us. The primary user is the the student and the parent. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a we kind of have two customers, right? In, in that way, um, and and so I think you you want I, I there's a there's a it's sort of a bottom up approach, kind of a grassroots approach where you you know you get a you get a bunch of parents, a bunch of kids using it, and then eventually the teachers are like, oh wow, this is. You know, they've had this is the third parent that's asked me about you know math academy, and I got okay. I, I let a couple of these you know really advanced kids you know do it, but maybe I should. This is really kind of cool. I I could get more of these kids on this, right? I don't just have to have the two you know accelerated kids. This actually could really work for all these other kids, right? Yeah. And then eventually the teacher says, you know, I should do this for my whole class. <laughs> like, this is so effective. It, it it makes the kids the kids enjoy it. They're learning so much more, and it's less work for me. So yeah, why would I not right? So you you kind of go through that. Um, I don't believe in free though, at all. And here's why: if if first of all, if you're giving stuff away for free, you know, as the person that is the product, right? You're you're essentially advertising or something, right? Unless right. unless you're talking about at some point you're going to try and sell to districts or whatever, but. I don't really. Well, yeah, of course. I'm not interested in selling to districts anytime soon. I find that I, I mean it's it's like an enterprise sales cycle, but you're selling to you're selling to entities that don't even have any money. <laughs> it's like well, the worst of all worlds. Yeah, that's in in a sense in a yeah, um, but that's not the reason why I'm bringing this up actually. Um, the reason the 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 key point which was buried at the end way to bury the lead justin mm. the key point that i was trying to make there is don't spend 10 million on direct sales spend 10 million on an seo content machine because you win the war with seo content machine any kind of direct sales scenario just gets you a couple of battles but the dominoes are never going to fall dominoes will never fall that way the way that the dominoes fall is by having millions of people finding out about you. And the only way that happens is through a really good SEO game. Well, and this has been proven many times to me. Uh, yeah, okay. Yes and no. You, what's more important than SEO is just creating a great product. 
That's what's really. Important. I agree. Well, well, that's what's really important because you can have great SEO, and if you have Beto Proctor, you know, you're just going to have high of churn. Of course, I, I mean, that, I think care. that I think that goes without saying. But what I'm saying is, well, I don't think it what, should go without saying. I think it's important people know you cannot build a mediocre product and then just spend a ten million dollars in content. Not going to work. No, but you know, but but but, but hear me now. Okay, <laughs> hear me now. What what I'm trying to say to you is that like the what you're doing, in my view, is the beginning of of the of the battle, and you're you're mm-hmm. going to win right? You are going to really win and you're going to get your thousand customers or maybe you're going to get your 500 customers. But then in my humble opinion, to win the war, that's when you get really good at the SEO stuff. Oh no, I and agree. Well, that's, all, that's, that's, all those, that's it, the, the true scale. That's where you're scaling up to 10,000 customers. No, that's, 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 that's right. I mean, it's, um, and that's, but why part don't the they I'm, get it? What's that? Why don't they get it? Why don't the people building these education businesses get it? Why are they spending their money in the wrong place that's that's my gripe anyway all right enough said enough said i i I, you can you can tell me about your okay your your plan well (laughs) i mean you know obviously you you heard me talking when we we spent a couple episodes where i was talking about the the seo stuff yeah i was doing a lot of research on that so yeah um i i think seo uh has to come after you've actually got a good product like yes. you figured out what your product is. I mean, yes. if you're spending a ton of time writing content and you're not working on the product, I think you're doing it backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you got to create a great product. And that means you need to be working on the product and you need to be talking to your customers and those two things. If you're spending, you know, 30% of your time writing articles, you're, you're just, you're just slowing down the process, I think. Um, I agree. Until, so, you've got, until you've got a great product. Yeah. I mean, Fine. If you've if you've raised millions of dollars in you know you've made a couple million raised a couple million dollars in seed round funding and you got you know and you got people working on the product and you can have someone in marketing who's just doing content work. Okay, fine. But you know I'm not in that situation, right? I don't have, um, I don't have the capacity to do both right now. Book, so bookmark what you just said because I want to respond to that. But keep going. Um, so. You know, it was it was interesting. I was talking. I was listening. There was a great interview with the uh, director of marketing for Ahrefs. Are you familiar with them? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Much. So they're yeah. for people who aren't familiar. They're like one of the biggest um, sort of uh, SEO companies. They have like a really really powerful software platform that allows you to you know do basically everything. Anyway, one thing he said when well, he was brought on by the the technical by the original founder. He's like, he didn't even write, do any SEO, didn't do anything. He spent, worked on the product for like a year because it's just, there was too many problems with the product. Just had to get the product fixed. Yeah. And he's a marketing SEO guy. No, yeah. Oh, And he's like, you know, there's no point in doing that until we fix all the crap that's broken with the user experience and the functionality. I completely agree. You do. That that would be the most, uh, but anyway. It would be really bad because you'd have all the SEO. People would go go to your site, and then you'd get really bad reviews, and mm-hmm. then no one, you know, that would filter up. People would find the reviews, and they wouldn't use your site. Yeah, and look, you know, the dynamics are always a little different depending on what your funding situation is. You know, if you have more money, you can do things like this. You can kind of try and create some kind of content stuff, or you know, I mean, there are people right who go and create audiences first and launch products or whatever. I mean, that's all a little different. Um, and in our case, you know, one thing I also wanted to say too about the whole free thing. So the, what's very specific about math Academy is math Academy requires actual work. It's not, 
I'm going to go watch a couple math videos online or I'm going to play around with it. And, and it's, not, it's not for dilettantes. It's not for just messing around. I mean, it's, it's, it's serious work, right? And if you're not going to put in, you know, 30 minutes a day, then it's kind of like, don't bother, right? It's like, if you go, it's like, if you get hire a trainer and he's like, all right, you want to get shape? You're like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, well, you need to, at a minimum, do a 30 minute workout a day, ideally an hour. And you're like, well, you know, actually I can only do like 10 minutes. He'd be like, um, really? <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, he, your trainer might be like, Justin, I'd love to help you. I mean, but be honest, if that's your, that's the, if that's the extent of your commitment, um, I don't know if I can make a big difference here. And I feel like what's going to happen is you're not going to make a lot of progress and then you're going to blame me or something or blame the process. And the reality is you're just not putting enough time. Right. Right. Now the issue with free is people have no commitment when they don't pay for something. It's easy for them to sign up or sign their kid up and then say, Oh, you know, I want you to start using this. Yes. You know, the case, kid does it. Now, if they're paying sure. money, they're like, you're using this, <laughs> right? It's a little different tone, right? Now, you're always, you're always going to have, a few, you know, a percentage of kids that are just super highly motivated to do their own. But the majority of kids, is, you know, need some level of oversight and external motivation, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why paying for something is important for Math Academy. If we had if we have an app that was not really trying to move the needle, was more like exposure, and I'm just we're just tickle your brain, and we're just gonna you know, and there are definitely software platforms and stuff, and most of them are like that, right? They're not really about not serious, and in which case you can you could maybe do something like that, but for us, you just would have a lot of people not really using it, not getting real value out of it, and therefore not telling other people about it. And maybe even blaming or basically or basically deriding our product as not being effective when in fact they just put in no effort, right? I, I'm almost sorry that I mentioned free. What I meant was what I was really uh, talking about was SEO. Okay, but I, 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 it's fine that you you. you but I just wanted to it. bring that yeah. up. I just wanted yeah, sure. to. So people say, why don't you do like the Duolingo thing and just give it for free yeah. and then like give big ads and then if you pay for it, you don't have ads. It's like Duolingo is not really serious. It's it's kind of a. It's a dilettantish yeah. app, you know, most people, you know, who I've known people who've used it and it's like fun. It's, it, it, it works to a degree, but it isn't Phil. enough to become fluent. And, you know, it's the kind of thing, you know, do 10 minutes a day and you try and get streaks and you learn a little bit, you know, and there are people who use it really well. I'm sure there are examples of people who've used it and learned quite a bit, but it's not, it's not that kind of thing. Right. Um, just, okay. Just going back to that bookmark. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. You said. Con you know, to do the content work, right? Content. So I get the sense that what you mean, what you're thinking by content is stuff like hacker news type posts, articles, Artic articles. But but what I mean by what I mean by this kind of built building this thousand page content site. You're talking about just what generating like uh, like just like answers to bath questions, like you know, like no, no, no. The, I, I've got the perfect example of it. I've actually got two really good examples okay. of it uh, motleyfoolfool.com mm -hmm. and childmind.org. Mm -hmm. Both of those sites get millions of visitors mm -hmm. from SEO mm -hmm. every month, and they're laid out in exactly the way that I'm thinking that that could could just be awesome. And, and you're the kind of person, as you've proven with your math work. You know, 
you've hired these great PhDs. You're the kind of person who could hire some really great writers to do similar kind of things within the math, uh, within the math niche. Or you could, it could even be your existing people, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. But no, it's not answers to questions. It's, it's everything. It's, all, it's just all the things. So, for example, if you go to fool.com, um, you know, under the main heading. So think it's so obviously Motley Fool is, is uh, trying to help people invest or whatever, and they're trying to sell, sell their, their subscriptions. So, you know, it's like investing basis, basics, how to invest money, what to invest in, how to invest in stocks, how to invest in index funds, you know? So it's just like all the help about that whole yeah. niche of right. investing. Right. Well, but that's, so, that's, that's a pretty standard SEO question is you're answering questions that are in your domain, that the type of people who might be might be looking for your type of product exactly. would might be searching for, would be searching for, right? Yeah, so it's like, you know, it could be like, how how does, how can math help me get a job, you know? <laughs> no, that, <laughs> Just, would, that would be, no, it'd be more like um, how to challenge um, a gifted math student. How, you know, something like that. I mean, what, what are parents, what are parents care about? I mean, our sweet spot, Okay, but one thing I should clarify too is I don't think our real market is going to be adults. And the experience I've had so far with adults is they don't stick with it for the most part. And the reason is is because it, like I said earlier it's work, right? Now, oh, you're, you, and you're saying that because of my example, which you, you thought that. No, was I'm just thinking. Well, just the example you gave. So I just figured I'd, I'd bring this up. So, oh, okay. which will help no, clarify. Which I think, I think one thing you have to do is think really clearly about who you're selling to, right? Yeah. And what their questions are. And 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 there's there's a couple different types of you know levels. There's there's sort of like when people are looking for your kind of product, right? There's SEO for that, but then there's further up, which is like demand generation for people who. There's a part of them might be aware that their kids are not getting really good math education. You know, they've kind of gotten a sense of it. They're not really sure what to do about it. They're a little frustrated, but they're not even thinking about something like math. Well, academy, right? Yeah, that's what I meant with my example. What I, I guess what I should have said is, well, will math help my kid get a better job? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Except they yeah. don't want to ask that kind of question. That would that would. That's not what you're they don't asking. ask those kind of questions. No, it's not. Well, that's not what you're asking for your 13 year old. You're <laughs> not even close. You know, no, they're not. Parents are not thinking about their kids getting jobs. What their parents are thinking about is, you know, um, is their kids not learning, not developing the math skills they need to mm -hmm. to do well in high school um, or to get into a good college or to be able to pursue a STEM degree, right? You know, um, there's okay. so, you know, for us. I mean, I think I think the real opportunity here is not answering generic questions. It's inserting us in ourselves into the news cycle because there is a lot of news right now on the poor state of math education and the watering down of the math education that's happening across the country. I think it's true. I mean, PR PR can be just as just as big, if not bigger, than SEO. Yeah, and, and, and but 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 know, it would. Yeah. It's not even PR. It's not like, hey, let math can do this. It's like we're going to write articles addressing those issues. Why well, that is happening. PR? That it, PR is that. That's what PR. Well, is. no, no, PR is more. It, PR tends to be more about promoting your own product. No, 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 no. PR is about when you insert. Is exactly what you said. You're inserting yourself into the news um, in a sideways kind of way, where it's really it doesn't seem like it's about you. 
but you'll just somehow kind of mentioned in it. Okay. Well, I normally think of PR. I think of people who are trying to get coverage of their of their product or service in the news. Whereas we'll write articles about what's happening because I think people are unaware of actually how bad it's gotten. Um, yeah. I mean, math. But that. Yeah. So that's that is that's what we're going to do. It's yeah. not going to be generating a bunch of random uh, articles on sort of like answering random questions. I mean, at some point down the road, maybe we just, you know, running out of ideas, we do stuff like that. But I think at first it's going to be, um, it's going to be addressing some of those issues, I think, because those are the things that people who are frustrated and concerned with what they've seen with, in the math education, with education in general, but particularly with math, um, over the past couple of years with the, with the pandemic and other things that have changed have been going on in classrooms that they're going to like see this and they're going to share it. They're like, oh my God, this is exactly right. This is exactly what we're seeing. No, no wonder my daughter doesn't, she, my daughter doesn't know her times tables. My son, you know, it's, they're still just doing fractions. I mean, wh- what is going on, you know? Yeah. And, and if you could write some clarifying articles on why these things are happening and potential solutions. <laughs> You know, I think that's great. Yeah, I that's great. but I think I think one of our big leads, which will kind of are sort of our our sort of loss lead. I guess you I mean it's not loss leader, but our lead gen tool to go along with this is we'll give away a um, a, a free diagnostic test. Yeah, that's going to be great. You know, Perfect. so what you'll do is you go on and you'll read an article like this, and then there'll be a link. It's like, hey, concerned about you know, did you see see where your student is using our adaptive diagnostic? Right. Yeah. They go Perfect. in. They say, "Yeah, I want to have my, uh, I'll have my daughter take that," and um, they just go in, give their email, and their daughter does this adaptive diagnostic, answers you know twenty five to forty questions or something, and then they get like some five or ten page PDF report of their and you know the fully illustrated knowledge graph and everything about all their strengths and weaknesses, where they should be, where they are, you know that kind of stuff. I mean. You might never need to do SEO because you might just have an Elon Musk kind of appeal, you know, <laughs> like, I don't think Elon Musk ever did SEO. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he didn't need to. He was just interesting enough. Yeah, if you come up with something. So, I, you know, I'm prepared to do, you know, I'm prepared to do different types of SEO work. But I think, I think there's enough of a need out there and there's enough of a concern. And our product, I think it works well enough now that, you know, all we have to do is is sort of talk about what we're doing, how it works, and make it easy for people to kind of get a sense of it. So it's like, just imagine you take, so imagine you're, you read some article, you know, you, you've been generally getting frustrated with the educational system, as a lot of parents have. Somebody shares this article, you're like, oh my God, that's totally right. I've been seeing the mm, same thing. Yeah. I mean, when I was my daughter's age or whatever, I was much more further along. I don't know what's going on. And then I see this thing. It's like, hey, we got this platform. Take this diagnostic if you're concerned, right? And so they take the diagnostic. They get this PDF, beautiful report that it shows where all the weaknesses are, right? And where they, where they should be. And then we could say, you know, if sign up, if you want, you can sign up to our system and we can not only remediate all this stuff, we can, we can accelerate them past where they are, where they would be or should be in no time and give them some sort of projection of where they could be. Right. Like this imagined future. This is all you got to do. Yeah. Or take the PDF and go hire a tutor, do whatever you want. 
right? It's I mean, like it's so specific. You you could like direct you could directly advertise that on Facebook and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, and if and it's like you know, get help. You can you, we'll help, we can help you. But if you want to hire a tutor or you want to you know sign up for some you know class or something like fine but use this you can use this pdf and you can show it but we already have a finely tuned like mri of your of your daughter's math brain and we're cheaper and more flexible and more effective than anything else you're going to (laughs) do so most parents will be like you know let's give this a shot right yeah so i think that's that's going to be i think sort of our our go-to-market strategy very cool very cool is that well so now let's hear um your updates okay um (laughs) you're like okay yeah well i mean we're right in the middle of it i mean it's just so i've been spending all of my time working on sort of what what i've been calling the parent dashboard but this is it's actually almost the same sort of administrative view that you'd have if you were a teacher or a parent right yeah except that there are teachers that you would have multiple more kids groups of students instead of having like one or two or three on one group you could have well i have six classes and each has you know 10 20 30 kids you know but it's the same kind of thing you can look at their progress and you can look at what they've done and how they're progressing Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah i mean you can adjust settings and all that kind of stuff right yeah so this is this is sort of the one of the last missing pieces for us being able to really go commercial yeah because right now if you want any adjustment change you have to like email me (laughs) yeah you're like hey we're going on vacation for weeks can you pause the xp thing or whatever you know i mean which is fine when you have you know a limited number of of, of customers but once you get over a certain point that just doesn't work and um so i'm it's it's frustrating because it's it's um well, I guess it's frustrating because the UX is frustrating, and I find the UX process frustrating because it's just it's just hard to get right, you know. Yeah. And my feeling about all this, though, having worked with designers, is that you can't. It's like you have to craft the product yourself. You have to kind of get some sense of what this thing is before you can come in a designer, and because they just look at designers will typically look at this stuff and they come at it at a much more superficial level because they haven't spent years thinking about your how your product should work and how the user's thinking about it, what they, what they're, you know, they just, that's not what they do. Right. Well, isn't there also that argument for a fresh pair of eyes? Yeah, that's true. But the thing is, is that designers cost money. Yeah, they do. And they don't just cost money. They cost, they cost time. Yeah. They cost a lot of time. Um, it's very, it very much slows down the process. I mean, you like, you know, because now you're like, okay, now I got to search and find someone I like, and you know, when they're they available, and then it's like this whole getting to know you, and then this whole like explaining your vision and your brand and who's using it, how it works, and they keep going, and you keep going round and round in circles on that for them to get a deeper, deeper understanding. Meanwhile, nothing's happened. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, they keep getting it wrong because they don't get it yet. Uh-huh. So it's it's I've done that. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. It's uh, like uh, Michael Lynch wrote a great blog post about this. I regret my $46,000 website redesign. Yeah, yeah. And it just it just maps it out bit by bit, all the stuff you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, and it, it's, um, <laughs> well, I read that article too, and, uh, you know, there were some 
there was a little blame to go around and but that's the problem when you when you get when you get these sort of consulting companies um yeah they you can really get taken to the ringer um yeah on the with those but but um in terms of um I feel like the most efficient way forward is because I'm good enough at UX and UI design that I can do a passable V1 myself. Um, if I wasn't, if I just had zero aesthetic sense, zero sense of product, then then it would be much more difficult for me to do that. But I know I can, but it's still painful, right? It's still hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you sit around fighting with it. Like, ah, this is just not right. And you know, you just—it's not like it's—it's it's more frustrating than writing code <laughs> for me. <laughs> but it's also really, really important because that's what your users are saying. They don't see the code. I mean, if the code work doesn't work, then that's a problem. But the 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 thing that they're interacting with is the user interface. What are they looking yeah. at? Yeah. You know, what do they have to click? Where's the button? What's the lit? You know, what is this stuff? You know, and um. So anyway, I've, I'm, I'm, you know, building all that out now. So I've just been, I'm kind of middle, just being a little frustrated with it. The other thing, but it's close. I mean, it's there's there's some things I still have to do, but it's it's all coming together. Um, and that's all you and you you're doing that all without template, without any sort of uh, you're just sort of building it all from scratch, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, what template would you use for something like that? Oh, I don't know. Just, uh, I mean, even with like, what? How are you doing it? You going around and looking at other dashboards? Are you just sort of sketching it up? What, what? You know, where are you no, coming I, with the concept? <laughs> I just kind of code it up myself and look at it. <laughs> yeah. And go, I hate that's that. What I, that's what I, I guessed. This is annoying. <laughs> that's what I guessed. I mean, it's sort of. I think. Um, I, I guess I follow sort of the, the 37 signals. I guess they call themselves base camp now, but they would say that they would just, they didn't, they never really, other than like a rough sketch on paper or whatever, they didn't use all these high fidelity mockups. They, they just build it, see right. how it works, you know? <laughs> and okay. that's kind of, that's kind of how I am. Um, I've never got really, um, I got, I never got really good with a mockup tool like you. I know you yeah. got really good at them. You just like to mo you're like mock up crazy, so you can just blow them well, it's out. It's just you can just make you know you can just build it really fast. Mm -hmm. um, but this it's almost like it's almost like going back to the um, one of those very that very first uh, discussions mm -hmm. we had where I was like, you know, do you use uh, source control? And you're like, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's source control? Mm -hmm. I, why do I need source control? I've just got directories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, I do respect that you like to do it that way because it's just like it's coming to life yeah as you do it yeah yeah i mean because it's it's not just about how you look at it it's how it functions and it's just um i don't know i mean when i think working with mock-ups is is much more useful when you're working with multiple people stakeholders okay and you got to get buy-in so let's say that you're the product person. You got to talk to me with the designer. You got to talk about the engineering. You got to talk, you know, you're trying to talk to lots of people to get all, you don't want to write code when there's so many things up in the air about whether certain things are possible from an engineering perspective, whether, you know, what the designers are going to think about it, what, you know, managers are going to think about it or whatever. So, you know, or if you're a um, consultant and you're working with a client and you're trying to figure out, here's what we're thinking. I mean, I think it becomes immensely more valuable in that situation. But like, how do you know in your mind if you want like four big numbers in a row with a, with a, with a, a little bit of text explaining what each number is versus 
a small little bullet point list of numbers. Like, how do you picture make that in my decision? Head. I just picture it. Just sort of, just think, think. So you do mock-ups. You, your mock-ups are in my head, your head. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> well, here's a couple things. So one, I'm pretty good at imagining things in my head. I think we've <laughs> talked about this. So you've said that you struggle nice. with that. You're like, you got to go actually see that, go to the place or have the experience. It's hard for you to kind of. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, That's so true. I think, I'm sorry, the dogs are going nuts here. Um, I'm. Oh, nice. Can you hear all that barking? I can. Yeah. What's got? What's got there? Um, uh, just give it a second. There's uh, Sandy's having a meeting. <laughs> a meeting with the dogs. Yes. And and the dogs freak out when anyone comes by. So someone. Just give it a minute. They'll calm down. Okay. So. Oh. <laughs> open the door so they can kill him well they're on the other side of the house okay so ah jesus it's okay it's not too loud it's it's only in the background it's probably loud for you it's very loud for me i have a hard time thinking oh. hearing myself so you have a hard time um, so you can't you're not very good at imagining when there's dogs barking so <laughs> i um i also hate I'm like allergic to anything that smells like meta work. Okay. Like I want to move the ball down the field every play. Oh, got it. Okay. You know? That's a good analogy. And if you're just kind of writing things down and making notes and scratching, it may actually be moving the, mo the, the ball down the field, but it doesn't feel like it. Right. Interesting. It feels like you're messing around. It feels like you're wasting time. Just build it, you know? As, but what about when you're thinking stuff in the shower and, and then that moves you forward so much? I do, but it's like, you know, whatever I'm doing, I want to try and be the most efficient and effective as I can. So the most efficient and effective thing that I can do when I'm sitting on the computer is just throw together the HTML and the CSS Make. and the JavaScript. And presto, not only you have a mock-up, you actually have a working thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? Okay. So that's... That's kind of and you imagine I it well, but I, I you imagine I, it well, yeah. So it makes sense. What's that? You imagine it well too, so that makes sense. Yeah, I, I guess. That, I mean, you know, I I think I'm pretty good at. It. I mean, not like I'm, you know, some like visual genius or something who can see everything <laughs> in pixel perfection or something. But um, I just it's how I work. I'm comfortable working that way. I like to sometimes too. It's 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 also not just how it looks, but it's also how the thing whole thing behaves and works. Right. And if you want to make like a sort of realistic click-through website, I mean, that takes time, right? Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah. now if you're working in an organization, you get like, the buy-in, you get a demo this and go through all the stuff, then you need to do all that stuff. But I don't. So doing that is like a waste of time. <laughs> like just build the damn thing, right? Get something working. That's, a, that's sort of where I'm at on that. So, Well, death by mock-ups, you know that I've, I've gone through that. Well, you've gone too far. Time. <laughs> exactly. You just spent so much time in mock-up and then now you've lost all your energy because you don't have anything workable. All you just have is a bunch of mock-ups. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. But, uh, okay. So the other thing that we're doing right now is, um, well, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, one is getting all our courses set because we had a bunch of, um, our course structure goes up through the, the um university level so getting all those courses completely nailed down and what they're going to be um 
So that's been a big effort. That's not really worth talking about too much because it's kind of a little too inside baseball. But the other thing, which I think our listeners might be a little interested in, is you know we're putting together a marketing site. Oh, great. Um, oh, there was some big debate about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So initially, you know, I was thinking. So I think um, Webflow was one of the things I proposed. And Gabriel Mays, who's been a long-time listener, and you know we've known Gabriel for years and hung out with him at yeah. MicroConf and things. He um, he said he he actually sent me an email and he's like, "Man, you got to use Webflow. Like, trust me, it's so it's, it's such a time uh, time saver kind of thing." Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Sandy is going to um, now that she's no longer the president or on the board of a number of these nonprofits. She kind of rolled off like three of them this spring and she's really going to help with math Academy on the marketing side. And so she's going to be in charge of the marketing website. Now we're all working together and stuff, but she's going to be the one who's actually going to put it together and everything. And I said, well, check out Webflow. I've heard a lot of good things. It sounds like that's probably what we should, we should do as opposed to like something like Squarespace. And Hmm. She is very, she's very much a power user. I mean, she's, she's really good with, you know, like Photoshop and Squarespace. I mean, she just picks these tools up and is really, you know, gets up to speed on them and can do all kind of stuff with them, right? Yeah. And she was on Webflow and she's like, this is so complicated. <laughs> it's like, oh, she's like really? getting all the, I guess you're supposed to set up all these styles and tell, like there's was a lot of stuff to it. And she was getting kind of frustrated. And I said, okay. I said, I have an idea. Here's what we'll do. I will, let's hire a firm that specializes in creating Webflow websites. Okay? Right. We will write out all the content and like a, you know, like a Google Doc and all the pages and what the landing page can look like and get all the content, get everything. They'll build it. You know, they do the design work, so they'll match our design, and we'll get a decent version one, right? Yeah. But at least it will be on Webflow, and it'll work, and then because it's on Webflow, you'll be able to use it. It's one thing. She's like, I'm sure I can use it. i just setting up all the styles and everything to start is a nightmare. Yeah, it's, that's hard. And yeah. then what we can do, we can even hire a Webflow consultant who can just work with you for an hour or two just to kind of like, you know, spin you up on that real quick well once they once you've got because you know webflow i told you about webflow like years ago mm-hmm. i mean it was like way back in episode hundreds that back i back before I it was web- cool you were talking webflow <laughs> oh yeah before it was cool i mean way before it was cool and it was it was already cool and um but i could i can see i mean you know knowing web for webflow pretty well i can see why that would be difficult for someone who didn't like typically do design, didn't think in the, in the concept of CSS, because it it uses it's it's all based around CSS concepts. Right. You know the way they just sort of put buttons around CSS. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's cool about it is the the CMS stuff that you get. So right. once they've designed it, you and then it's going to be easy to change the words. That's a really nice thing. I have you gone very far down that because I did hear about something else that might be even better. No, haven't. just tell me how far you've gone down the line. With no, that. I mean so here's where we are. so. We have um, a bunch of documents, including the landing page with all of our <laughs> copy, right, and sections. And Sandy's written a lot of uh, content for some of the other pages. And I've researched on Upwork and found someone who I, a firm that I think is, could give us a decent 
v1 webflow site but that's it that's as far we've gone okay i can't i can't i can't find the name of it right now but basically it's a company has made um it's it's very smart it's a cms system uh where where you just plug in the components to your site and then they they do all the cms stuff on the on this site you know mm -hmm. so it's all the cms and then it just it just renders on your page mm. in your style mm -hmm. if that makes sense so basically it's like it's having blocks um i'll have to, i'll have to find out the thing yeah if but, you find uh, it yeah, if you will put it in the show notes or whatever but that sounds yeah. interesting yeah. yeah so we're that's where we we're trying to get this stuff done i mean we want to get this stuff really going this week i mean we got a lot of the assets we've kind of you know what what we want on the on the page and on the landing page and the you know all the sections and the different pages we want to have and you know we've got a lot of that figured out so now it's more and now it's getting close we're going to fine-tune some of that stuff and then it's just kind of pulling the trigger and get someone to Hello. put it together okay yeah um so where were we well we're just talking about the marketing site and everything okay oh yeah I just sent you a link to uh, that. It was Prismic CMS. Prismic CMS. Okay. Yeah, I'll think so basically, it's called a headless CMS, which is essentially a CMS with an API. Right. So the 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 key for us is going to be something that Sandy can use without having to go through me. Uh, right. right. Yes. You know. Okay. Because you weren't able to add, you know, edit pages and add stuff and not have to, like, you know. It's a whole, yeah. it's a whole problem if marketing shouldn't have to go through engineering. That's true. So I don't know how Prismic could do that because you're going to have to add a new block to every, any page that she creates. So that doesn't yeah. seem like a good, that doesn't good sound like a solution. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So probably, probably go with Webflow. Sure. Anyway. Um, so that's, that's what's going on with Math Academy. We're, you know, really close to the launching. So what was it you were saying? You thought there was a 50, 50 shot that this thing was ever going to be real. A couple weeks, a few weeks you ago. Know, you know, I mean, part of the reason I said that is to just make sure that it happened. So so let me ask you this. I've spent millions of dollars, years of my life, and the only reason it's going to oh, launch no, is because no. you I, were I skeptical. Never that, that it, is that what you're saying? No, I never doubted that it was going to be released. <laughs> I just doubted that it was going to be released at that specific time you said. That's all. <laughs> but do you think you chat, you, you, you doubting is somehow impacting that? Is that Well, is that in true? fairness, you have not released before the school year, as I have predicted. Uh, yeah, that is true, but the school year, I mean, it hasn't started for a lot of people yet. A lot of people doesn't start until after the, uh, it doesn't start until after, um, was it Memorial Day or Labor, Labor Day? No, first of September. Well, on what date is that? That would September. be a couple weeks, week and a half. Okay. Two weeks. So if you yeah. hit, if you, if you get this out within two weeks before that launch, before Memorial Day, you win, you win. Or I think it's, it's Labor Day. It's Labor Day. And if, if you don't, then I was right, and I win. Well, no, you're you, you the, you're you're changing. You were skeptical that <laughs> no, you, you no, said this no, thing was no. like you no. your your claim was that no. that Math Academy was like I don't know Bigfoot or something. Was this this no, thing you heard? No. Was it got like it wasn't like was it was going to launch no. within three weeks or something? Was that no? If you listen carefully, launch? if if you listen carefully, all no. I've ever said is will you will you hit that deadline? That's all no. I ever said. That was that was. Oh, that you're backpedaling you now, my friend. <laughs> backpedaling now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, 
So let's let's cover one more topic, and then I know um, you want to keep this one short. So can you do one sure. more? Yeah, yeah, I, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me just talk a little bit about Kobe's game because we were talking about oh, that on, great. on yeah. Discord a little bit. Um, yeah. So just refresh my memory so I don't cover ground. What 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 did I tell you about it last on last show? What do you know about it? Well, I know that you are Mr. Paul Graham, and you are. <laughs> Okay, we him. talked. I definitely talked about that uh, in Discord. But what did, do you remember? What I talked about on? No, that's on what I'm saying. I mean, that that's what you said on the last show. I did. You spoke. You spoke about that fact that you were going to be like Paul Graham, and you were going to um, give him a small stipend. You said that that was going to be the next thing that you were going to do after the after his intern worked for you directly for Math Academy. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, you know, he he spent the first. I was I worked on the database conversion and I guess that was like five weeks or something, right? And he did a really good job of that. Um, saved me a lot of headache and got that all done. And I was thinking, well, the next stage would have him build the next project would be to have him work on our sort of administrative analytics stuff. But I was sort of feeling like I just couldn't think about that right now. That I just. I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted and what we needed or anything like that. And I was just like, just the idea of having to spend time constantly going over that was kind of stressing me out because I just really needed to focus on building sort of the the sort of parent-teacher dashboard yeah. and getting this thing launched, right? And, cause, and so cause what I initially thought, I was like, well, after he does the, 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 the admin stuff, then I could get him started on this, um, in this video game. Um, but then I just, because I didn't feel like I had it in me to do the, the admin, admin stuff, I just said, let's just start on the game. Right. And what I, my, my goal with the game is to level up his technical skill. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one thing to be able to write good code and to know a lot of computer science stuff and it's machine learning. It's another thing to build an actual professional level application. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so I was like, this, 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 because these, these are the skills that really matter. I mean, it's good to know some of the computer science stuff and, you know, I, what, machine learning stuff is really cool and it's fun if you can, you know, use that stuff. But at the end of the day, can you build an app that is good and works and that anyone cares about? Um, build some kind of application, whether it's a mobile or web or server side or whatever. And um, so we started on that. Uh, I think we've done about three weeks now. I think. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, one thing I decided is to continue with a philosophy of, of, of basically not using frameworks and not using extensive libraries. Well, yeah. And which is such a great decision because you want a young mind to not learn to rely on those things. You want them to learn how to make those things. Right. I mean, you know, if, if you're like, trying to launch your startup and you're like, look, we got the you know, time to market and speed of execution are absolutely paramount, absolutely critical. And you were like, well, we're just going to build everything from scratch. We're not going to use libraries just because people be like, dude, what are you doing? Right? Like, is this the science project or are you trying to build a successful venture? Right yeah. now for students, for young people, it's more, it's more about learning than anything else. And it's my belief, and I, I wrote this on Discord, and I think you gave it a big 100% emoji, which is that if you should know 
you should really be an expert one at one level below the stack where you operate. Right. So if you're writing in C and C, if you're an expert in C, if you're operating in C, you should probably know assembly language to some degree, right? <laughs> if you're operating in, you know, building Windows apps, something, you should probably, you know, in, in, in some kind of maybe like C sharp, you should probably still know C or C and really understand how memory works and stuff to some degree. And if you're working in React and Vue and Next, if you've never built anything with raw JavaScript and, and, and without all this stuff doing everything for you, I, I would find it hard to believe that you could really be an expert at, the, at your current operational level. Because any time you ran into an issue where the system did not do what you wanted it to do, you would just sort of A, believe it's not possible, really, or B, not really to think very hard about how to work around it. Right? Mm. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a good point. That's sort of way I think. I mean, I'm sure there's some super smart people who are listening. It's like, ah, oh, that's not true. And I worked at this and I was able to figure it out. I'm sure there are people like that. But I think to ensure that you're not technically or um, sort of almost intellectually constrained by the frameworks you're in, you, you need to work, go one level below on the stack. And so I was like, you know, we're not going to use Unity or some <coughs> game engine. We're not going to use React or something. We're not going to, you know, we're not doing any of that. We're not going to just use some NoSQL database. We just push stuff into some, you know, key and pull it out. You know, some some bucket was in key. And I said, let's 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 do this raw. And hmm. and so he's built a it's a web app. But it's just, it's a single page. Yeah. And because it's supposed to be like a mobile, it's supposed to look and behave like a mobile app. Right. Right. Because it's going to run in, primarily on a mobile app. And so he has all these glue screens, which is like, you know, not only the login and sign up, but the, you know, create a game, invite users, add friends, accept nice. invitation, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's, there's a ton of screens, right? And you want those to operate like separate screens would on a on a mobile app, right? So he's mm -hmm. so I've helped him sort of with the architecture of creating all these screens and the app, and then there's the you know um, the data model, and then it's like everything is you know on MySQL. And then he's got he's been building all the schema out himself. And what's really cool is he's building all the schema out with SQL as opposed to like using like my PHP admin or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. and he's like nice. writing. You know, alter table, so cool. drop, add column, da, 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 drop name, rename, change, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he's like super fast at it. Like he's already gotten like <laughs> muscle memory. You know what I mean? Well, and, maybe, maybe you should uh, get him to do something like that for each part of coding. Do you have any other work that's just like, you know, some that's around, I don't know, CSS or something, some that's around. Well, he's doing JavaScript. the whole thing, right? I mean, the whole, he's, he's got all the CSS, all the HTML. All the JavaScript, all the, I mean, he's doing everything, right? You the can do, app. you know, you can do transitions. So he could, he could do like, when you enter your, your, uh, username, password or something, the page could slide yeah. to the next page. Yeah. We're going to do that. I'm actually, but he, I'm going to make him do that all using CSS transitions and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's like, yeah, that, that's what I did on that. Remember I did that, that app when I was at Uber Media? The I do. I do. Splitsville. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so 
so he's he's and so what what was really the most challenging part for him and i think that would be it probably challenging for a lot of people who haven't built this kind of thing is the fact that it's asynchronous it's kind of an asynchronous real-time distributed app right so it's like you're gonna have you have the server and you have the you have a game so if you're playing a game there's going to be that's going to re reside in memory on the server process right and then you're going to have you know one or more people on their phones or yeah, their desktop playing the game and they're going to get real-time updates whenever the other player moves or even selects something right very and very so, challenging that's so, that, that, i mean that's challenging for for like people who've been developing for 10 years. <laughs> well, that's what I was telling them. I said, a lot of people would be like, how do you even do that? And then, I mean, some people say, well, I could go use a WebSocket. I could go through some tutorials and watch some YouTube videos and hook up some WebSockets, but how to really think about the architecture in a clean way. Yeah. And so, and how you have like the data, the logical data representation of the game, and then you have it rendered and, and how you set, send messages and keep everything in line and all that stuff. So he's, he's doing all that. So, for him, you know, that's a, that has been a, a big part of the learning curve, right? And it's also just the thinking in terms of the interaction. It's like, okay, so I'm hosting the game. So I create the game and then I send an invite and this person gets an invite and then they accept. And then that means they're loaded into the game on the server. And then they're sending a message to, then I get a message to play or join. You know, so you get all this, this interaction, these complex yeah. interactions to go back to construct a game and even get it going. Right. And is, is he using like lock states and things like that? No. Well, cause the thing is that the way, the way the game will work is it's turn-based. Okay. So that's the lock. Uh, what's that? The turn base is the lock basically. Yeah. So yeah. if it's my turn, then I get to do all the things I do. And then my turn ends. Either I run out of time, it expires or I just hit the okay, end. Okay. So you've got a timeout and, and it goes if, to, if you fall off. If your network connection goes, then it just hits the timeout. Mm -hmm. And eventually then they get their turn, right? And then it goes, okay, player two's turn or whatever, player, you know, their nice. turn. And then you see them moving stuff around. And because Node.js is single threaded and everything's got to go through that thread, you're not really going to run into this. It should handle, well, it should be pretty natural. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we got it. We got it to the point where he's got all, he's got like most of the glue screens. They're all the primary glue screens, meaning the create game, join game, add invite friend, add friend, add all those kinds. There's like there's like fifteen of these suckers, right? There's a couple of what he probably needs to do, like forgot password, but they're sort of like, you know, edge case <laughs> you, stuff. You've introduced him to the to the true crud crud work of development. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, he was just kind of like I mean, he was just like, no developer's crazy about doing that because you just want to get to the thing. And I said, let's right. just get this done, right? Yeah. I said, let's go through the journey of creating a game, right? What do you have to do? Well, I have to create the game. I have to select the settings and then say, create the game. And then I have to invite people. And then, oh, wait, I don't have any friends who I can invite. So how do you add a friend? And you have to do a search for a username and then they have to get an invite. You know, it's like all this back and forth stuff, right? that's asynchronous, but it's really good because it makes you think through a lot of the, the user journeys and the processes and the, and the schema on the database. Like how do we represent this stuff? So good. Is he, is he enjoying it? Yeah, no, I think he's, he's, he's really, he's excited about it. Um, and, and you know, he's excited when it's like 10 or 11 o'clock at night and he'll work on it and then I'll come get me, dad, come here, check this out. You know, 
that kind of thing. <laughs> um, That's so cool. But so we got at the point now, and we got all the 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 the, the sort of distributed communicate or the the WebSocket asynchronous connection stuff. So that was the stuff that I kind of had to sit down and kind of walk them through how to architect it. I mean, I had a mental, you know, picture in my mind of how this should work. I mean, I've did, done stuff like this with you know, ivory to trading stuff and with Uber. And I was like, okay, so the, here's, this is, when you have you know, these real-time sockets going in and then, you know, they're, you know, all the, you know, have like, okay, so let's imagine you had thousands of concurrent people playing hun hundreds of different games that you have to have the sockets for, you know, for, attached to each player and a player attached to each game. So if player one says, okay, you know, I'm moving this unit to this space. That information is sent to the server. The server updates its game state. It runs through its validation. Are you allowed to make this move? Okay, update the game state, send it off asynchronously to write, the, update the, the game state to the database, and then and send these um, broadcasts to the other users that are in your game, you know, two, three, five, ten, how many people are in your game? And then yeah. they get it and say, okay, so this, this player one during his turn moved this unit to here and here. And then they are, and they're, and then it not only sends an update of what the action was and who did it, but also what was updated on in the game, the game state update so that their boards can render the changes. Very cool. Yeah. So got that working and it's, 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 you know, it, it still looks like magic when you do it, right? I'm moving, I'm selecting and someone else's stuff is moving in real time. It's just cool. Right. Sweet. It's really cool. So he must be super excited about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was a little mind bending for him. He's just like, okay, wait a minute. So this socket and this, because it was hilarious. Okay. So imagine you're testing this. You got VS code open and breakpoint set on the server process. Node.js server process, right? Right. You got your MySQL workbench or whatever. You're, you're monitoring what's in the data the database. You have chrome for player one and he's got the screen set to like look like a you know the dimensions of a phone and then he has uh i think his second app he uses he's brave as his other browser and that's like you know <laughs> or my account he said he because i'm i'm the, he's always using him and in my usernames as the two players he's testing with in each <laughs> one of those you have their their respective development and you know debuggers right mm. so you got like six, seven windows open, right? Each of the browser windows, each of the debug windows for those, right? VS Code, the workbench, and my single word, so it's like, you know, log in, log in, click, create, 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 accept over here, accept, boom, 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 you know, and you're just like going through it and you're just like, I oh, got this on the server, the server, right? The server got the game, wrote to the database, broadcast out to here. Okay, he got that, he's accepted. I mean, it's like a, it's like an orchestra. Right? <laughs> I mean, you're, Hold on one sec. My dog's going up. Amazing. Not now. Too early. Too early. Too early. No. Too early. Too early. So um, my dog is whenever, whenever she wants a walk, she just sits there and like breathes down my neck. You can so, hear the breathing. Hey, yeah. Uh, she's just yeah. so <laughs> she's big. Yeah, you know, she's ninety pounds of German Shepherd. Just oh man, grinning and breathing at me. So. Anyway, um, so what I told him, I said, look, because he was talking about, he was like, well, maybe we should, you know, I, I don't remember what it was he wanted to work on. I said, okay, look, here's the thing. We want to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the most important thing to do right now is to get our arms completely around this program. 
around this application. Want to be able to create a, you know, users join, they, you know, someone hosts a game, they invite other people, they create a game. Then we set a simple set of rules. You can move around, end your turn, they do their turn, you know, have a limited number of turns set by the settings, you know, they get points some way and then it ends and the game's over and there's a winner and a loser or multiple losers. So the, so the game is not the full game yet. It's just a sort of, bit of a, just a concept of a game. Well, it's, <coughs> there's, there's the space empires, which is sort of the inspiration for it. Yeah. And then there was the Battle for Polytopia, which is sort of like a, a sort of a provided a model of a simplified 4X game um, on uh, that you could play on a mobile game. So think of like Civilization or one of these things, but it's it, 4X, and for people, for people will understand. They always think I'm thinking 4X like as in foreign exchange. 4X stands for um, explore, expand, exploit, exterminate. That's a sort of a genre of strategy game. Okay, yeah. And so... I was talking to a friend of mine. He's like, well, you know, he should look at Stellaris and Endless Space 1 and 2 and Humanity. He had some suggestions of some. So, you know, there'll be a variety of, you know, kind of games we'll probably be pulling inspiration from. But the starter is that, okay, you have, you know, one or more, you know, types of ships and you go around and you, you know, kind of terraform worlds and you get bases and you can upgrade your technologies and and you build more ships and then you go out and, you know, and this, your these other players are doing the same thing and you're, you're kind of encroaching on their toy and then they're encroaching on yours. Of course, you can't see where they are yet because you got the kind of fog of war thing and then you kind of fight it out and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so. How long um, is the game going to last? Uh, well, it all depend. I think there'll be a variety of settings for the game, like how big you want the map to be. Um, okay. Where there's a turn limitation on it. There's a variety of way, things we could do. Polytopia does a few things like that, which are pretty cool. Um, and, you know, there are games that could last weeks and there are games that could last, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Okay. And part of it is this, how many players, what size the map is, and also like what the, what the limitation on the, on the turn is. So if you had two people playing and you said, okay, well, you got, you know, 30 seconds a turn or something or a minute to turn, then you just got to go, 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 go. And the next person does it, right? And that's kind of what I wanted all along. I've just, I want to be able to play one of these games on my phone. I want it to last 30 minutes tops. Mm -hmm. That's, I said, I think there's, I said, that's what I want. And I'm guessing that if you made this work really well, there'd be a lot of people who would think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. But we also have an idea. We both thought about it independently. It was an idea of that you could have like sort of an EVE online thing where the thing just expands and you have all these maps to connect to other maps. You can just have this massive massive game that just is ongoing where yeah. you could be playing like these, like you could have multiple games going that you could join. You say, all oh, right, you know, Hey, let's just play a 30 minute game. Let's play on a, you know, eight by eight map and whatever. It's a, you know, 15 turn limitation or something. Meanwhile, you're, you know, maybe you and I are playing in a, you know, a five way game that's been lasting a week, but then we also are in this longer term <laughs> game, you know, like you could have those things going that on. That sounds cool. Yeah. I think it does. I mean, you know, one thing I told, I just said, look, you know, just build whatever you think the, that you'd want to play. Build, build something that's really that you're really yeah. excited about. Want to play that will probably be a pretty good game. And Scratch meanwhile, then yeah. you start getting feedback from people. So yeah, that's this is great. Yeah, and I, I figure you know I figure once we get it up to um, a certain ba a basic level play playability, I'll, I'll post some stuff up on the Discord, and maybe we get a few people who might want to be play testers and 
we can play. Yeah, you've got experiment. you've got your own. Uh, Colby's got his own Colby game channel now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll post some screenshots soon. Um, but I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, I think um, I think it's really cool. I think he's he's learned a ton. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, a situation where he could learn more. I mean, he's just. You know, it kind of reminded me when I first started developing Windows applications back in like 1994 <laughs> and bought Visual C++ 1.5. And, you know, they had an app wizard. So you would go and you say, what kind of, and you'd go and you say, create application, new application. And it, is it a console app? Is it a form app? Is it a window? Is it a multi-window? And you select one and you kind of give it a name. You do some stuff and it would generate a bunch of like files for you. Here's the app, yeah. here's the main window, here's the this window, that window, some whatever, and document and stuff, a document class. And so then um in it and you know as a as an application developer, especially as a young application developer, you don't think too hard about it. You're like, okay, so these are the classes I basically get it and this is all the interact. And you just kind of you get used to the patterns and you just know how to make it do what you want it to do. And now for Colby you know, I, I, he's having to build the framework from scratch, which is better than that. But then a lot of it I, is then, yeah. oh, go on, what you say? No, I was just about to say, what you just described, I remember um, for, for, for different Mac stuff that I'd done. And that yeah. in its own right is limiting because it's like, you didn't learn how to do that part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So you, you're, missing the, you're missing the underlying, you know, rationale for why this yeah. why this does you know well it's funny i told him i said because the the one framework we're using is um express which is just sort of like very bare bones it's basically just gives you routes for okay. the node.js app right yeah and i was like okay we can just use express that's fine and um and I showed them there's the routes file you have which you know you the route where you just have like the structured url and then you know, would serve it off to some, you know, event handler that would then deal with it or whatever, the get or post request. And I said, I said, you know, look at the dispatcher we built for the, for the, for the, uh, the WebSocket stuff. So every, you have a dispatcher class that listens on, a, on these sockets and it gets a message type. So the one, the, 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 every message has, or actually we call them event. Every event has a type and a type, and then we're basically doing a switch statement on that type. And then it, and, and based on that, it hands it off to an event handler, right? I said, you see, you see what they do with the routes? This is essentially what, what they've done. I mean, it's essentially a, you know, I mean, they use, a, I'm sure, a hash lookup on these event handlers, but essentially that's what it is, right? And he's like, yeah. How much of the, how much of the coding are you doing versus Colby? The only thing I coded at all was the, I built a, um, a, demo of the WebSocket. I built something called demo and I just said, you know, I said, here we have something. So I rough sketched it and then I just zipped it up and I said, use this. And he cut and pasted from that and integrated and everything. But you're giving him concepts. So you, I mean, you're saying, look, let's, you know, we're sending in events and we'll pass them through a switch or does he? Is yeah, he yeah, yeah, that? yeah. No. So I had to do that. I mean, like, I, you know, exactly. So I'm sort of like serving as sort of the app wizard. It's like, okay, right. so, you know, we should have a dispatching class here that has one or more games and it looks up at the event and it says okay this is the game id that goes to the socket this is the player you know this is how to look everything up and the bookkeeping basically the piping and the bookkeeping right because the 
this comes from years of me doing these kinds of things. It's like, you're not going to just like figure this out on your own and have some kind of clean architecture. How do you know where to, um, where to sort of give advice and where to not give advice and, and let him sort of fail or, or. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I'm basically what I do is I don't have a ton of time to, to do that stuff with him. Cause I got to, I'm working on math academy. So, you know, if he comes and asks me a question, I'll go in there and basically he'll be sitting at his computer and I'll sit at the, in the chair behind him and I'm kind of over his shoulder and I'm like, I, you know, I would not name it that. I would name it this. He's like, why? I was like, well, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay. And I was like, you know, what I would do is I'd make a function for this. You see how this is? Da, da, da. He's like, okay. So it's kind of like a, it's like a code review. It's like you have, it's like I'm helping with the overall architecture, right? right? How to think about it. And then, and then I'm providing sort of like an over the shoulder code review. It's like, it's like, you know, you see how you got a lot of stuff going on right there? I would probably simplify that and maybe put that into a function and this and that. And he's like, well, why it works? I'm like, well, if you wrote it to a function, <laughs> you know exactly why, what that code is supposed to do, right? He's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's actually pretty good at that stuff already, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's just like a junior dev. It's, it's like if you brought in some guy, some girl, whatever, some junior de dev who's like in the early 20s, you know, they would not be doing a lot of stuff correctly. You'd be like, okay. Let's let's sit down and talk about how to attack this problem. How do you want to architect this thing? And they start saying, it's like, you know, actually I wouldn't do it that way. And here's why. And like, oh, okay. And then you say, here, you want to do this and you want to do this and you want to do this. You understand? Like, yeah. And you might even sketch out a little bit, draw some boxes on a board or whatever. And then they start building along, they have questions, then you go center of a shoulder and you might give them some suggestions or some corrections. And they and that's basically what I'm doing. So it's basically like, you know, I'm the architect senior dev and he's the junior dev who's just building it all so low coupling high cohesion mm -hmm. yeah nice. i don't want to i don't want to be writing any code I, he has to own every line of it you know it has to be and he okay. does i mean he's he's a he's picking this stuff super fast he's a very it's very much this is this is sort of like his he's he's like his dad you know he's a generalist so he it just you know it's funny like spent all these years you know with the math and the computer science and the machine learning and stuff. And he's, he's good at that stuff and he likes it, but it's like, you could tell he's full stack generalist, right? Like, so just, just totally are you say, so we're saying 17 year old Colby is better than seven year old Colby. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was funny. He said, he said, you know, dad, I, I don't think I said that by the way, I don't think I told you on the show, but he's, uh, if, if I did, you know, I apologize, but he, we were, we were going to lunch. You know, and by the way, one of the great things about this project is we have really fun st conversations every time at lunch because this is what we talk about, right? That's nice. And um, so he goes, he goes, Dad, you remember how the nine-year-old version of me wanted to go to University of Oregon because I like their football uniforms? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, the nine-year-old version of me wanted to be a game developer. So the nine-year-old version of me would be very proud of the 17-year-old version of me. <laughs> <laughs> the nine-year-old version of me wanted me to be a game developer. Yeah, That's I said awesome. you want to be a game. I mean, you know, I mean, well, what what nine-year-old kid doesn't want to? You know, who likes computers doesn't want to be a game That's developer, right. right? So I said, well, yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. So, um, um, but he's he's already at the level of like, I mean, if if he was like your junior developer who right came out out of college, you'd be happy. You'd be like, yeah, this kid's good. Just learning quickly. Yeah. And he's awesome. 17. So I'm like, okay, he's in good shape. I was, that's, that's so cool. That's funny. I went, Holy I, I shit. Went, I went out to lunch with a, a, a buddy of mine, uh, Nikhil, and he goes, he's like, Jason, why is he going to college? 
Oh, it's a total waste of time. <laughs> I know it's true. It's true. Just yeah. keep him on the keep him on the Jason track. I mean, holy shit, he'll be so employable. You by know, the time and, he's twenty, the kills. He's a successful entrepreneur, and he has this really cool startup. I'll talk more about it soon. But that's that's you know doing about to take off, and you know, so he's very much like self-made, super smart. You know. Uh, uh, startup founder, right? So we're launching. He goes, and I start. T- I just start telling a little bit about this, and he's just like, you know, he's like, Chase, 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 why are you sending to college? You know, I was like, well, I go, a, his mom would kill me. Okay, <laughs> like if he didn't go to college because I had to do other stuff, Sandy would kill me. So that's one reason he's going to college. Um, I was like, well. I said, a computer science major, he'll learn some useful stuff and he needs to kind of just get out of the house and grow up and go have some experiences, you know. But dude, it's going to be like Math Academy. It's going to be like the exact reason why you made Math Academy. He's going to be in those classes and he's going to be going, oh, this is so boring. I learned this when I, I know. was nine. I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know. I know. Well, he's going to, well, probably what's going to happen, he's going to be in the computer science classes and he'll be like, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. He'd be like, totally he'd be like this time. is shit. Like, this isn't how you make games. Who cares about red, black trees? And <laughs> I mean, whatever, man. You know, I mean, give me a break. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he'll still like those classes. I think he'll still have fun. Um, you know, and this isn't meant to like be, you know, a startup that he's going to drop out of college in six months from now. I mean, it's not what it's supposed to be. It's, it's just a, a fun project for him to learn <laughs> some cool and useful stuff. And it's a selfish way for me to do something fun with him and to give us something to talk about while he's away at college. You know what's going to happen? Hmm. You're going to notice that his bank account has an extra thousand bucks every month. You'd be like, Colby, <laughs> where's, this, where's this money coming from? He's be like, you haven't been asking oh, for any money, homework. They're all going to be asking him. Yeah, well, you know, I yeah, I um, because he's going to know. He's going to know. He's going to know everything. Well, his his mom has been telling him not to tell people (laughs) that he's in advanced classes. Like, just be cool. Don't go telling people about this stuff. People will find out eventually. Just don't don't advertise it. (laughs) Just you know. And I've kind of reminded him. I said, yeah, probably should just you know. People are going to be. Like, I mean, I guess it'll probably be fine. I mean, what, whatever, whatever happens, you know, he's going to college, and you're right. It's about being with people. It's it's people, the people stuff that you need to learn. That's a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, he does. He he's got a he's he's with the pandemic and being a little bit on oh the introverted God, yeah. side. I mean, I think he just had a lot of his. He just did not have near the number of sort of traditional high school experiences that you'd expect or hope for your kids. Yeah, and and it's not just him. I mean, and most kids went through this. It's just real shame. So I think there's a lot of these kids are going to show up at college, and they're going to have the social maturity of a lot of like high school juniors, probably than freshmen. <laughs> right? They just missed two years of their life. They spent a year and yeah. a half sitting at home, and they spent another year with a mask on their face. Right. And they're going to be able to somehow get their hands on alcohol. So yeah, so it's Ooh, it's going to be a kind of happen? a weird a weird situation, yeah. but um. You know, it's this is stuff that he needs to, you know, he needs to do it. Plus, it's super fun. I mean, I loved college. I had absolutely loved it. And I went to what's, what was known to be, considered to be one of the least fun schools in the world, <laughs> the University of Chicago. I think the only place that was less fun was like MIT or something. 
So, mm-hmm. and I loved it. So, um, I'm sure he's going to have a blast, but they, this game anyway, this game is going to give it a, I'm hoping that it'll be this kind of thing that we're continually talking about on a weekly basis and we can, you know, I can be helping him when he needs help on it and encouraging him and, and everything. And if, if I make it so like, you know, it's sort of like an investment where I like, okay, well, if you get to the next milestone where you have, you know, you, you make a list out of what you, what your next milestone is. And then I'll, you know, kind of go back and forth. Okay. This is a cool milestone. This is a good reason milestone to hit in two and eight weeks from now. And then once you hit that, whether it's in seven weeks or 10 weeks or 12 weeks, then you'll get your next tranche of investment, which, you know, again, it's like on the level of like, you know. But one, one question I have for you. College type and stuff. One question I have for you. Did, didn't you have to already give him a college fund, like a, like a stipend to live off every week? Oh, for college? For just, for yeah. Just, well, yeah, I mean, look, he's, he's going to have, um, they already have their meal plan, right? Yeah. And the college is paid for, for he got a, and he got a, you know, pretty good size scholarship. So he's got, that's all taken care of. So he doesn't have to worry about that. So for him, it's just spending money. Right. Yeah. And his mom's going to make sure he has all his clothes and stuff. And he's got, we, we got a, you know, a new laptop for his graduation present. So he's not going to be lacking for anything other than like pizza money. <laughs> right right but i mean well, what, but your stipend is going to be pizza is going to be his pizza and money. he already i mean i was paying him 20 bucks an hour you know to work for me already i mean he's already yeah. made thousands of dollars yeah and he'll and so he'll he'll go to school with you know a big chunk of you know big fat bank account and then he'll keep <laughs> making you know, uh, that'd be fun to see what happens there as well. Well, you know, he's a simple guy, right? I mean, you know, what, like a lot of these, like, what does he, what does he, what does he need? I mean, what does he like to do? He likes to play video games. He likes to eat pizza and hamburgers and he likes to go lift weights. <laughs> <laughs> what? That, none of those costs hardly any money, right? He already has a nice computer and he's going to have a laugh. I mean, like what, what, you know, the rest of the time you're at classes or hang out with your friends. I mean, you know, I guess in theory he had a girlfriend to take out the dinner or something, but you know, yeah. in college. Nobody has any money, so that stuff is pretty like low cost, right? You go get pizza or Chinese food or something, right? Okay. So I don't think, <laughs> awesome. um, you know, when when we were in college, that's all we needed money for. Primarily was you know pizza and stuff like that. No, that's cool. So uh, yeah, um, yeah. So it's I'm gonna it. We need to to wrap it up because yep. it's uh it's after five. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Okay, well, cool. Well, it's good. I think this is just, you know, cool project update episode. I mean, obviously that's what we talk about, but this is, this is a, this is solid. Cause I, cause for, for the listeners, Justin was basically telling me we're not going to have time to do anything cause he wasn't feeling well. So, you know, nice. You, 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 uh, you muscled through it. You muscled through it. That was yeah. good. That was good. <laughs> I did. No, actually, you know what? Talking to you restored my health. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's I, all it takes. That's yeah. That's a, just a chat with Jason. Right, talk me to me and so you'll, much feel, you'll feel immensely better. <laughs> <laughs> Jason elixir <laughs> heals all. Um, good for what ails you. Mm. All right. Well, that's a wrap. We're out. <laughs>